Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. That's the part that scares me, though. Walk me through this. What is scary? What is the concern? The, the sort of the, the lack of control and the timing. Like, First of all, dude, you made a lot of money here. You got to pay taxes on it, period. <laughs> okay. Like, but here's what's going to happen, right? Like when this thing dumps, you got to pay back the capital gain depreciation capture, which most people have to do anyway. With real estate, you're able to compile these losses to offset this completely. Yeah. And here's the cool part. What are you going to do after this deal dumps out? You're probably going to go into more, but more with $150,000. And then this is going to be seventy five. Yeah. It like it's just, just like it just gets better. Yeah. So what did I say the sum? Like here's the total of passive activity losses that you're accumulating. What do we say around 450 here? You know, in this year, maybe it drops down to 300, right? Because you had this happen. You know. Yeah. But because you're getting this big, you're jumping into the fun house again here, you're getting even more that you began with in a way because you're going into kind of two deals with this money. So this is the epiphany. I think a lot of people get that you're having possibly now where you're like, Oh, I never really come back to earth. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I can probably do this till I die. If they don't change the depreciation yeah tax laws of course that's always a risk but look what you did you delayed all these taxes for at least several years that's a lot better than what most people do that's why your friends even though they're doing notes which i don't think is a great investment strategy for taxes that's why they're at the golf course (laughs) yeah Yeah. but so when and how does this end doesn't well you can keep doing this for a long time it ends when you define it to end like when we get to end game strategy it's called so i define that as four to five million dollars net worth so you can just stop putting your money into value add real estate projects and just put it in the normal crap that everybody else does at Mm. one to five percent that's that's one option got it so this is the you got to feed the beast but then you get, I think that's the sort of, and, and I go out into chaos willingly like this. So this is why I'm, I'm here. And yeah. exci- this is exciting to me. But you see, this is that leap, right? I think this is the epiphany right here. This whole thing about you got to pay back the taxes, but hey, I de- redeployed that money and I got more passive losses to add to my, my but that's, passive. So, so you, you're never actually paying, right? Like, so you're giving, at the end of that first deal, I gave you 50, you're giving me back 140. But now I owe taxes on that of 140 that, on that 140, but, but the gains only, the gains only 40. Oh yeah. On this, in this scenario, What's I would up? say the gains probably are a lot higher than in reality. The cash, right. That on, that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to say I'm paying taxes on this 40. And so Not, if you were somebody who just, I just invested in one deal and yeah. I watched her for five years. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. But I don't know who the heck does that. You would go to, you're going to go into multiple deals, stockpile this passive activity. And just- so you want to suspend, you want to suspend, because you can suspend that. Let's just say you didn't do, 
a deal until 2024, like if you delayed it, you can suspend that passive activity loss and save it. Correct. Suspended. It's you're about my age, you know, Willy Wonka, like chocolate bar up in the sky, suspended up in there. You don't yeah. have to eat it yet. It just stays there until you <laughs> yeah. eat it. Yeah. Right? Until this happens. So yeah. you need it. But then you load that into another deal or two deals and you end up with even more suspended chocolate bars up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get this conceptually, but because it's new, uh, and I can't answer the questions for my wife about what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, Five years. I'll, uh, I'll just say like, maybe this will help. Here's an example that I had. Like I bought, uh, I think I bought these in 2015, 2016. Okay. So I bought a bunch of rental properties a long time ago, 2015. And I sold them, I think in 2017 or 18. And I had a $200,000 capital gain plus depreciation recapture but so this is i was like oh shoot i have to pay that when you you say capital gain plus depreciation recapture yeah that means you're paying that 50 that you put in there so you said you had 200 dollars gains and 50k of recapture that you have to cover in terms of your taxes i don't remember how what was the breakdown between the the scenario but it doesn't matter. I had a $200,000 capital gain depreciation recapture. Okay. So two things. I might have made a hundred grand and I recapture at 150 to get 250. Let's just call okay. it that. Okay. Um, but I had, because I was doing all this type of stuff years prior, I think by the time 2017, 18 hit, I had maybe about $400,000 of passive activity losses built up. Let's just call it 450. So what did I do? I used this. I took the suspended passive losses and I used it to offset the passive income depreciation recapture. I didn't pay any taxes that year on any of that type of stuff. Yeah. But then I took all this money and I just went ham and I went into more deals. And then, so this went down. I don't know exactly this is how it happened, but conceptually, that's what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. I'm not a tax guy. This is where you're going to have to go to your tax guy and have these educated conversations with them. That's your job. Yeah. If people think that I'm giving tax advice here, this is infotainment. Yeah, exactly. So 450 minus 250 is what, 200. It went down to 200. I get a little afraid when it gets that low personally. Right? When it gets that, that, that lower yeah. high that low yeah but then i went into more deals and i'm back up i'm back how do people track this though i think the form is your 8284 form a lot of this information is on simplepassivecashflow.com slash tax the the guide the master guide that we have with all this stuff yeah Yeah. but that 8284 form that's tricky because a lot of cpas don't like to give that to you because they know you're shopping for a new cpa there's a lot of the back calculations, not on the page, but in the software that you mm. won't have. Yes, yeah, so this is why you have to know it ahead of, you have to know it for your accountant. Yeah. And this is why we have the K1 tracker sheet to keep track of all this type of stuff. Like how much passive losses do I have this year? Did I get the previous years? So you and your head can be plus or minus 20, 30% at least and follow yeah. it and say, hey, Mr. CPA, where did you put this big 400 grand of passive losses that I think I should have. Yeah. 
you didn't burn it up, did you? Or maybe you should have. My, my CPA, he drives my income down to nothing, even though I maybe should keep some of this stuff for some of these deals to exit. But yeah. his argument was like, you're probably better off. You can make more money in the two years of not paying taxes on it. And we'll just worry about that day when it comes. You only live once. This, this is, but this is the contradiction with these two. This is like the, your relationship with the future in these sort of in these formulas has to be so open because you're, you're banking that you're going to have more cash to keep this game going. And yeah. that, and but, it, the, but it's, it's not a gonna, game. And, you're going to have to pay taxes anyway. You're just delaying it a little bit. The worst case scenario, you got to pay your taxes. Yeah. But in theory, you could keep this going for a really, 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 really long time. Yeah. And that's the, like, people will do land conservation easements, even though it's like a red flag type of thing. And a lot of people do it and it works. But even if it doesn't work and it gets audited and it gets audited every time. But even if they like say, no, this is totally negated. You don't get any of it. At least you didn't pay the taxes for that period of time. Yeah, yeah. And at least they, they wouldn't really, at least what my my contacts tell me is they're not going to lower the evaluation all the way down to zero and you get no benefit to it. Yeah. Yeah. And at worst, it's a free loan until you have to pay back. Yeah. Well, it's not that hard. I think that's Toronto trying to demystify. There's a bunch of colors on a spreadsheet. You get a plus or minus 20% on each deal. You know I mean? And I think what's the hard thing is it's conceptual right now, but once you get into it, it gets a lot easier. You, you understand it. It's, yeah. you, you're a smart guy. You'll figure this out. But the problem is most CPAs want to stay the heck away from this type of stuff because it's a guessing game. It's just like me in the engineering world. That's why it drove me crazy. I'm like, how, how tall is the retaining wall going to be? I don't know. It could be five miles tall. Dude, you've been doing this for so long. You should <laughs> know. Is it going to be 12 feet or 14 feet, man? I got a bit of cost estimate. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. same thing here like these guys in their defense they don't do this stuff you're that weird person and doing this type of stuff that likely they have no clue how to do this so they don't have any of that past experience is there a type of accountant or a person that does specialize in this stuff just as not a lazy maybe this comes off bad but like typically the older ones they're set in their ways they have a lazy client base yeah. that are used to do it the way that CPA wants to do, which is the easy way. Yeah. And they're a placated audience. Yeah. Typically that where you not want to go. And I would say 95% of the people that come through our doors, they got to change their CPA. Yeah. I had to shop around starting the business. I had to shop around to find somebody that wasn't like an IRS foot soldier that was just terrified of the tax laws that are supposed to work for me. Yeah. Yeah, you know how it goes. Like, I mean, yeah, referrals, yeah. referrals yeah. is always the big yeah. thing here. But um, there's no word I'm missing out on that's oh, a real estate CPA. Yeah. Like, is that a? It's not a thing. Real estate's kind of pretty general. I think a lot of them will do it. It's just, I, what I would do is I would have conversations like this, and it's like you're playing stump the chump because you know what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> but you're trying to see if they can logically have played intellectual jujitsu with you as you go through this. This hey. is a, that's like an SNL skit called stump the CPA chump. Yeah. Yeah. The good ones will be like, man, I'm like three years of retirement, Eric, just leave me alone. <laughs> like- <laughs> Lane is not a lawyer CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. 
Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.